limits of the book is through the act of bodily dismemberment. I don't care what happens to her. All right, get to talk about the Evil Dead trilogy. Starting with the Evil Dead. Finally get to talk about this. So, uh, I watched when... I used to watch this series when I was, I think it was in, I, I'd like to say elementary school, and I saw the, uh, I saw Army of Darkness first, and then two, and then the first one. So I watched them completely backwards. Um, and I, if you don't know me, I love horror comedies. I, I really do. Um, and this, this series is pretty much horror comedies. It'll show you all these like horrific things and then turn it around and do something com like something funny. And I also think a lot of that credit goes to, um, Sam Raimi who did this entire trilogy. He's very much that kind of style but so I saw the series I saw this trilogy completely backwards and then I watched um the uh the, the Evil Dead remake and then I watched the Ash vs. Evil Dead TV series, which is awesome by the way. Sucks that they, they canceled it after three seasons, but we're getting something animated about it, so we'll see. And then this year we got Evil Dead Rise, which is awesome. So I I like Evil Dead. I actually I don't like. I love Evil Dead. <laughs> so we finally get to talk about the series. So the first movie was nineteen eighty one, and it <laughs> it was it was made during that time when like people who didn't graduate college or you know didn't have degrees in any anything could grab a hold of a camcorder and just go and just film a movie this is back when like anybody can get their hands on on a camera you whether you had to go out and rent it go out and buy one or you just have one lying around your house you can easily just grab one and then go somewhere and just film a movie. And that's exactly what this kind of movie feels like. It feels like like a couple of like, you know, like two guys where just at home and just going like, hey, let's make a movie. Okay, what are we gonna do? Um, let's see, uh Cabin in the Woods, um, um you know, makeup and and prosthetics on people's faces, you know, let's and uh, and and gore. Let's do it. It feels like that. It feels like one of those type of movies. And um, I'll say this. The first one, I think, to me, is the weakest. But mainly because it was the one that was setting up its... its it was trying to stand up on its, its feet. It was trying to... It was trying to basically get a foot in the door. And that's pretty much what they said. And that's 
that's what this this movie feels like and i i really like it so this movie feels like more just like a straight up horror movie when with two feels more like a horror comedy and then army of darkness feels more like a comedy horror movie where it's kind of like you know horror is gonna kind of take a back seat but it's still there but it's gonna be more like slapstick so yeah it 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 seems to change uh patterns with each movie because then when we got the remake it was just straight up horror and then evil dead rise that was just a straight up horror um and then the ash vs evil dead series they said that if you saw the first two movies you know what to expect so it was like a horror comedy but with this one it's just straight up horror and i'll say this right off the bat because it's all of their first movies this is their first movie like everybody involved um it, they you can kind of tell they may have not did second takes and we're just like yeah that's good enough let's just move on and reading up a bit about it um uh like uh when uh when Bruce Campbell was on I think it was Conan uh he asked him that um some people said that you guys got high while making the movie and then Campbell said like oh we did because we watched uh it was uh I think he said it was easy rider and that uh Jack Nicholson had about like 40 plus um joints before shooting a scene and they said like well if you know we can be if he can become like a very respected and incredible actor then we can do the same thing and yeah they said that it didn't work and so they had to refilm a lot over but it also there was a ton of production problems they found this cabin in i i believe it was tennessee and when they got there the entire cabin was filled with i i think they said it was it was um, horse poop, but I can't remember. It was just, it was filled with poop. So they had to clean it all out and get a ton of, a ton of Febreze and to hopefully air out the cabin. Um, they had no basement, so they actually had to cut a hole in the basement and then all the basement stuff was, was shot later at a different location. I think one of their garages i think um but the other thing too was they had um a specific um shooting date from like uh, this time to this time and it went on for months and to the point where most of the actors left and then when they uh we're done filming, they realize like, oh, we need to go back and uh, film some some extra stuff. They went back to the cabin and it was demolished. So that original cabin that's in the first movie does not exist anymore. 
unless they rebuilt it, but I highly doubt that. They, uh, when they got the uh, uh, eye contacts, the like the white eye contacts, they were uh, specifically told like to keep them in like fifteen minutes at a time, but they kept it in longer, and they said like it was like pouring hot sauce on your eyes. Yeah, it's just it. All of them got hurt. Um, they they were pretty much just shooting it like day by day. There really was no plan. And uh, I think they said another thing that happened was um, they were shooting a scene and then they they did it. And then they were they were waiting for the cut from Raimi. But it never came. That's because Raimi fell asleep. And, <laughs> and so they had to wake him up. And he's like, oh, cut, cut. Oh, OK, cool. <laughs> so they all got tired but this feels like one of those like I like I mentioned this feels like one of those movies where it's just you know what let's just let's just go and do it and it's definitely a stepping stone in what you can do today because you know everybody has um you know like a lot of people have have um like iPhones or or um, uh, Samsung phones, or yeah, they have um, um, cell phones. And they have cameras attached to them. So you can practically go out and film a movie. So it's, you know, it's crazy. You know, when back then you had to like rent or you just had to be lucky that you had something. When today, you know, it's a lot easier so if you have an idea for something and you just want to just do it, then just you have the camera. Um, the audio, you know, may differ, but you have the visual. So you're all good to go. So, but I, you know, the gore is pretty, pretty, pretty high. And actually to the point that the, the, the BBFC, which is basically the British uh, version of the MPAA for, uh, basically they provide ratings for movies. They were actually so shocked that this movie got made that they put it in the, uh, video nasties, which was a thing back in the eighties where, so Back in the 80s, um, anybody of any age can get a hold of horror movies when you went to your local, like, Blockbuster or your your VA, you know, like, um, movie store. Anybody can get a hold of horror movies, which is how you have, like, all these these kids watching these, watching these scary movies or watching these gore films. And the video nasties were, like, um, a separate section um, indicating that, like, yeah, these movies are basically just, like, pretty much comparing these gore flicks to, like, snuff films. So, like, this movie was put in there. I believe American World from London was put in there. Um, there were a couple other movies, like Cannibal Holocaust was put in there. So you had a whole group of these, these movies that were getting made that they 
they just threw aside. And I believe there was actually a one point where um, they did compare Evil Dead to a snuff film and they actually had to go to court. And if they lost, they went to jail. But luckily, they they got the judge to, I believe, I believe they got the judge to watch the film and basically dismiss the case going like, really? Really? <laughs> so, but, you know, this was basically their stepping, getting their foot in the door. And, you know, for the first time, it definitely has its flaws. You can clearly tell it's an amateur-made film. But that's part of its charm to it. Like, I can watch this movie and go like, yeah, this is clearly like, like shoestring and like they, they're clearly like making it up as they go, but it's, it's working because, you know, if anybody of any age wants to make a movie, it would pretty much be like this unless they had a like very thought out plan. This is it. So it's not my favorite of the series by by a long shot it would have to go to a great but i still i still really like it and yeah it's it definitely was a was um a a a big a big stepping stone with with horror movies so next we got evil dead 2 in 1987 something so deadly so evil. We prayed it would never happen again. Now, from the creator of Evil Dead, comes Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2, 1987, is a pretty much a soft remake of the first movie, and Here's why. So, the story of this one goes, the, it was uh, director, it was writer-director Sam Raimi, uh, Ash Williams himself, Bruce Campbell, and producer, I believe, was Robert Tappert. They didn't want to do another one. They didn't want to do a sequel. They mainly made the first movie just to get their foot in the door. But, they their next movie which was 1985's Crime Wave, did poorly, like really bad. And so, uh, according to uh, sources, it was plagued with like production problems, the studio kept interfering, and they just did not have a good time making it. And the only thing that they were able to fall back on was Evil Dead. Now... The a big famous producer, um, Dino De Laurentiis, who is yeah, like I said, a big time producer, has produced like hundreds of movies. You know, he's he's he was one of the biggest producers in the industry, and he got a call from Stephen King because Stephen King was such a big fan of the first movie that. You may have noticed on, like, some of the marketing of the first film, on, like, posters or anything like that, it has a um, quote from Stephen King. Because they saw that and went, like, that's great marketing. 
so they got so they took that and put it on every single poster that they did to drive up um 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 people's attention to it so king called up uh de Laurentiis and said i would like to see a sequel to evil dead 2 or i would like to see evil dead 2 uh, De Laurentiis saw, looked at the numbers of the first film and said, you know what, the, a, a sequel to this could make really good money in the foreign market, so outside of the United States. So he called up, um, like, Ramey Campbell and, and Tapper and said, hey, I will give you this amount of money, do Evil Dead 2. But the issue was is that they didn't want to do another one. So they so they were thinking, I'll just have another team do it. But as as I previously mentioned, Evil Dead was pretty much the only thing they can fall back on if they wanted to keep their careers going. So they end up doing it. Now, why it is a pretty much a soft remake of the first movie is because they sold the rights to the first movie to, I believe it was New Line Cinema. And this is just so stupid. They couldn't get the rights back. So in retrospect, they couldn't get the rights to their own movie, which is really stupid. <laughs> so they had to basically reshoot it. So what they decided to, decided to do was instead of the first movie where it was um, um, the five, the four, five of them. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. It was I think it was I think it was five of them. They decided to solely focus it on Ash and his girlfriend Linda. So just two of them. So that's that's what happened. So if you watch Evil Dead one and you go like, well, what happened at the at the end? And then you watch Evil Dead 2, you're just like, what is going on? Like, it's repeating itself. That's why. Because they, they couldn't get the rights to their own film. Which is, which is really stupid. But this movie is where uh, the genre changes. From just a straight up horror to a horror slash comedy movie. Now... Sam Raimi was a big, or is a big fan, of uh, the Three Stooges when he was a kid. So there's a lot of like slapstick going on. I mean, when you have a scene where you know Ash's hand gets possessed and starts basically um, tormenting him, tossing him around. And, like, smashing plates against his head. It's basically just Bruce Campbell just being silly. And just <laughs> throwing plates at his head, doing backflips. And it's, it's, it's just him. But it's entertaining. And it's so, it's so funny. Because you're just like, yeah, this, is, this was something that I think could be taken a little bit more seriously but this series goes oh we don't care about being serious at all we don't care we're just here to have a good time <laughs> but the the story of this one is um 
you know, like the first movie, it was it was a bunch of friends. They just go to a, they go to the cabin in the middle of the woods, and they find the the Necronomicon Ex Mortis. I mean, I'm such a big fan of Evil Dead that I actually have a uh, um, replica of that of that book. So I'm big fan. I have I have all all of it. So. This time, it's just Ash and his girlfriend Linda go to Kevin to have a like romantic uh, getaway together. But here's the problem: if I was having a romantic getaway with somebody, I would not pick an abandoned cabin in the woods because it does not look does not look peachy. It does not look nice. It looks very bad, and I would feel like there are killers out there, and you know I would fear for my life. But that's just me. But they go there and Ash finds a tape recording and the book and starts looking at it and listening to the tape. And that's what summons evil to then the the evil then gets gets his girlfriend. And now it's just all all by himself until uh, the professor who was um, on the recordings that he was listening to. That professor's daughter has more pages of the Necronomicon and is getting back to the cabin. Unfortunately, due to circumstances, because Ash is going crazy, he's, you know, mentally, he's just not in the right place. She thinks that uh, he killed, he killed her parents. So until they realize, like, oh, well, um, this is not good. So it becomes a, like, I guess a cabin under siege film where they're just stuck in one location. Uh, he tried getting out and that didn't work. So they're stuck there. And so they just have to fight it off. So that's pretty much this movie. You know, it's a, you know, unlike the first film. It's, um, this one is more comedic and, um, I would say better paced. You could definitely tell that they had a little bit more experience, like with camera stuff and like, you know, stuff like that. So you can clearly tell they had, they have a little bit more experience under their belts. And... Yeah, this this still feels like one of those movies where they're just like, hey, just do this, just do this, just do this. But they add more um like more of like what the what the the deadites as they're called, what they look like, what they can do. They establish rules for um uh deadite possession, so they it feels grounded. So it, they never go above those rules. Because if you set rules, you need to set rules. Every, I believe every harm, horror villain or creatures or whatever, they need to have rules. And if they f- break those rules, it's like, well, what are you doing? It's like, what are you doing? Like, this is, no. You, you set rules for yourself and then you just immediately go and break it. It's like, yeah, that's, okay, Whatever. You've lost me. So that's that's something I love about the Evil Dead 
not just trilogy but the series is that they have they keep they stick to those rules they never go above them even when it seems like they are they're not so i love i love that they kept that the same every every movie or or the tv show realizes that and just like hey we just need to stay stay the same but keep keep doing different things so that way it branches out into new things <clears throat> and yeah, Evil Dead 2 has a lot more comedic stuff especially when you get to the third act you're just kind of like what is going on <laughs> this is just like ridiculous this is getting ridiculous and apparently what was going on was uh, in a interview with I think it was with uh, Bruce he talked about on Evil Dead 2 they were sharing uh, offices with I think it was with a school or something like that. And he was in one room. And then the next room they saw um, Sam Raimi and uh, the other writer, I think it was Scott Spiegel, go into the next room. And then they just start hearing them laughing. And it's constant. It's just constant laughing. So he compared it to like, it was like they walked in there and I was hearing an insane asylum going on. Because they were laughing at their at their wacky ideas, to so then when they then presented uh, both Bruce and uh, Tappert their ideas, they were going, "You realize this is supposed to kind of be a horror movie," and it's like, "Yeah, I know it's a horror movie, but it has comedy in it." So apparently, there was more wackier ideas that they were just like, "No, let's 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 stop that. Please stop that." So. It, and it shows in this movie where you're just kind of going like, it's, it's something, like I said, something horrific, but it immediately turns around to being funny. Like a lot of the gags in this movie, like there's, there's parts where you're just like, oh boy. And you're just like, <laughs> like trying to, trying to, trying not to laugh. So, that's all of this movie. So Evil Dead 2, it's, it, it's a classic. I, I love it. You know, I, I can watch it and not be bored. I'll, I'll be entertained. It's it's just simple. It's just that simple. Um, and so, of course, this gets it amazing. Of course, it gets it amazing. Um, to then, the next one, we got Army of Darkness in 1992. Darkness. You found me beautiful once. Honey, you got real ugly. <laughs> Sound the trumpets. Raise the drawbridge. Drop the Oldsmobile. From Sam Raimi. Ooh, that's gonna hurt! Director of Darkman. Comes Army of Darkness. They live. They breathe. Army of Darkness. Okay, I'm gonna get this out of the way first. This is personally my favorite of the trilogy it's not the second one and here's why like i previously mentioned i watched the trilogy backwards so i saw this one first and then saw two and then saw one well i remember going to it was a uh, movie theater that when like the big ones weren't it was more kind of like a 
I guess you could say kind of more of a independent theater where they would get the movies uh, after they weren't in the main theaters anymore. They would have them. So instead of paying like, like 15 bucks a ticket now, you would pay maybe half that. And usually this theater would have uh, monthly, they would have Saturday and or Friday and Saturday night screenings and would show older films. And I remember going to this one, it was three times. Uh, my dad and I did it. It was to go see Monty Python, the Holy Grail, uh, the Goonies and Army of Darkness. So I saw this movie technically in theaters. <laughs> But, um, after watching it, it took me a little bit because it was going like, I can't tell if this is supposed to be serious or I can't tell if this is supposed to be ridiculous because of, you know, this one has talking skeletons in it. So like, I can't tell. So it took me a little bit until I just, I kept rewatching it and rewatching it and rewatching it. And then it, it just hit me. I'm like, I actually really like this. It's, I don't know why it took me a while to figure that out, but it did. <laughs> um, and this one is one of my favorite movies of all time, but not just that. It's one of the movies that I saw growing up that made me interested in the concept of filmmaking and why people would do it. So it, it sparked it, it. I had that spark where it was like, you know what? I want to start learning how to do this stuff and you know, when I, what I typically now do with movies is I watch them and then after it, I'll then study them to go like, how did, how did this happen? How did they make this happen? And with this, <clears throat> they, they want plans were put to make a third evil dead movie. But the issue was, is that, um, Sam Ray was busy doing, uh, movie called dark man with i believe it was with universal and they were working on the army of darkness script throughout the production of dark man but something was going on universal took over was basically in high demand for dark man so they were basically saying hey do this hey do this make this this way and eventually at the end of it, I think they, they came out and said, like, yeah, this is not the movie that we wanted to make. Army of Darkness is no exception. If you've noticed, if you know your, your Evil Dead mythology, you'll know that this movie has three different cuts. There's the theatrical cut, the director's cut, and the international cut. Here in the U.S., we got the theatrical Outside of the U.S., like, I believe in uh, the U.K., they got the director's cut. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> what ended up happening was we got 
it was supposed to, the original movie was supposed to be the director's cut. But what ended up happening was that the studio wanted this movie to be PG-13. Raimi and everybody involved wanted it to be rated R. But after, after the tests, the MPAA gave the movie an NC-17. And it's like, what? Like, are you kidding me? And then I know even uh, uh, Bruce Campbell loves to joke about it, saying that Goodfellas had, like, tons more swearing and, like, tons more violence and somehow gets an R rating and Army of Darkness has talking skeletons and gets an NC-17 rating. It's just like, that's that's just one of the stupidest things I've heard. And... <laughs> So what ended up happening was um, Universal took over during post and basically made a made a made a cut and was saying like this is the version that we want. So then Raimi then went in and added some more stuff to then make it get the R rating that he wanted. But unfortunately, that resulted in the theatrical cut being, I believe, it was like eighty minutes long. When the director's cut is like an hour and a half. So. Multiple things. Are cut. Like a lot of. Like a lot of jokes are trimmed. A lot of. Um, scenes are trimmed. Um, it, it, and the director's cut. Feels more like. Complete I guess. But. You'll also if you watch. The theatrical version and then the director's version the endings are different um the director's version was originally the version that was going to happen then they do it then they do sometimes what movies do is test screenings is where they'll go and uh, make a cut and then they'll show it to an audience and then the audience will then go like hey let's fix this let's go with this to then they go back and you know do reshoots or change stuff in editing and then they show it again it was that kind of thing the audiences the the test screeners went we don't like this ending this ending sucks or this ending is sad to then they had to go back and change it and personally to me i prefer the theatrical um ending because we have a lot more uh one-liners we get, um, you know, this, it's like, see, this is, this is what it is supposed to be. You know, the, the director's cut ending makes sense because Ash is supposed to be a, he, he's, he's, he, he's pretty much the, the equivalent of a smart ass where he's, he's a jerk everyone he pretty much only thinks about him but he himself is an idiot <laughs> and is just like i'm just taking it one step at a time and i'm just trying to understand everything but i don't and nor do i care to know <laughs> which makes him appealing to me he he's got flaws to him and you know we then play with those flaws like you know he's He's just a classic idiot. He's just like I I'm I know I've been given 
in uh, specific instructions to do something. I will follow some of those and just make it up as I go. <laughs> Why? Because I don't know any better. <laughs> but uh, the story of this one goes, um, it continues right after Evil Dead 2 and Ash gets sent back to medieval times and has to retrieve the Necronomicon to then get back to his time. So it's very much the fish out of water type type movie back when it's not being overdone. But originally they wanted this movie to be called The Medieval Dead, which is awesome. But Universal in the US went, no, we don't want this to make it look like a sequel to Evil Dead. So they went, well, what about Army of Darkness? And they just went, well, I guess we got to choose that because you're financing, you're financing our movie. And if we say no, then you can easily pull the plug on this. So, sure. But they got to use that title outside of the U.S. Like in, I believe in England, it's called Army of Darkness and then uh, The Medieval Dead at the bottom of it. So at least they got to use it. But I still like that title. It's so clever. Um... You know, Bruce, he is a very, you know, kind of over-the-top actor, but he embraces it. And I think if you don't embrace it, it's it's not going to work. You know, he knows he knows how to play Ash. He really does. And it's it's I love he he's easily he's one of my favorite actors. Um you know him him not getting an oscar he he does movies where i'm going like yeah you're not going to get nominated for an oscar for this but you know you have you have fans you have the fans support and sometimes i think that's better than a trophy telling than a than a, a than a statue telling you you did a good job is for an audience and fans to tell you you're doing a good job to me, I think that's better, but that's just me. But Army of Darkness is a nice, you know, conclusion to uh, Sam Raimi's trilogy. But of course, fans wanted more. And then they were just, they went and turned around and went like, okay, we'll do another one. But then they, they then said like, well, let's do a show. And the show takes place, I think it was 30 years later. Um, and it's, and what's even funny about it is that Bruce, I think in a Comic-Con said, what's so great about this character is Ash, even in his prime would be the wrong guy to save the world. Now he's 30 years older and he has to save the world. <laughs> it's like, oh boy, this is not going to go well. <laughs> and his explanation is right. Like in Army of Darkness, I'm just going, yeah, I don't trust him to to save us all. I don't trust him at all. I just don't. So, it, yeah. But, yeah, Army of Darkness, it's, it's my favorite of the series. It's my favorite of the, yeah, it's actually my favorite of the series. Um, because I saw it at a young age and it had a big impression on me. And it was one of the first movies that showed me like wow how powerful and how creative filmmaking can be 
and that I actually want to be involved in that somehow. So it, every time I see it, I can easily watch it and it, the jokes are still funny. It, it's still, even though I quote it all the time, it's still funny to me and I, I love it. So Army of Darkness is my favorite, but I absolutely do recommend this, this trilogy, you know, and even the whole series, the whole series is, is great. You know, despite what you think of the Evil Dead remake they made, I don't think it's as bad as people say it is, but that's just me. But yeah, Evil Dead, it's such an iconic and fun series to watch. And I absolutely recommend it. So if you haven't seen them, I don't know where you've been. You absolutely need need to watch them because they are a lot, a lot of fun. Darkness. You found me beautiful once. Honey, you got real ugly. Sound the trumpets. Raise the drawbridge. Something so evil. We prayed it would never happen again.